Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Well, today we're going to talk about the multifamily market. You know, the apartment industry has been doing very well with the rose off the bloom somewhat with single family home purchases and, you know, the large millennial demographic becoming of age. And, you know, the other factors like student debt and more stringent loan underwriting for home buyers. So the apartment industry has been improving, it's been doing well. But what is in the future for apartments? We'll find out today. Please welcome my first guest, Greg Willett, MPF Research. Greg, thanks for joining us today great to be here, Michael. Well, thanks for joining us. I know you're in the windy city of Chicago there with a technology uh, conference there on the multifamily. How's that going? Uh, it's been an exciting few days and lots of things to talk about on the technology side. Well, great. Well, why don't we just start with technology there for a moment. Uh, what's the latest on technology uh, in the apartment industry? Well, certainly I think people are concentrating at this point on the information side of the industry, business intelligence, and really um, getting the information you need to make smarter business decisions. I think that's really the hot button on the technology side at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of information out there now, and if we can pull that together to make better business decisions, uh, we'll all do better, right? Absolutely. And let's tell us, how has the multifamily uh, sector been performing so far year-to-date uh, this year? Has the I know it's been improving well. Has that slowed down a little bit? You know, Michael, I think we came into this year and there were expectations from a lot of people that we would slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. We have just logged a quarterly performance that was great by every measure. And I'll just throw some stats at you. For second quarter, demand came in at 132,000 units across the country. That is one of the biggest tolls we've ever seen for a three-month period. Occupancy bumped up to 95.6%. That is a seven-year high, and it's more than 100 basis points over the long-term norm. And then the rent number, uh, annual growth right at 3.5%, but the interesting story was that second quarter performance, a big chunk of that annual growth occurred during second quarter pricing went up 1.9 percent for new leases and that is actually the best three-month jump in rents seen in 14 years wow well that is amazing and great news for the apartment industry what do you think is causing this uh, surge in improvement michael certainly part of the story is that the job growth pace has accelerated um and interestingly we're actually starting to Uh, add some high-paying jobs after the job production has been so focused on low-paying positions. So we're getting some solid wage growth in some parts of the country. Weather's also a factor. As we were in the winter months, it was really bad weather in a lot of places, and um, so we've we've had some pent-up demand that seems to be unleashed at this point. I see. Well, again, that's great news. And do you see improvements across all classes? Yeah, it really is. One of the parts of the story is that it really is occurring in all segments of the marketplace. Certainly the middle market continues to be the especially strong performing segment, but the top end properties are doing really well also. Okay. So you're seeing a little more occupancy and rate growth in, say, a B class still than an A? Yeah, it is. 
particularly on the, on the rent side, I mean, the, there is a, a competitive leasing environment at the top end because of the product that is being delivered, but still you are getting some solid rent growth out of those properties. Okay. And how about geographically? Are there certain market areas that are hot or not so hot? Um, you know, markets that we've been talking about for a while on the leaderboards are still up there. That includes the Pacific Northwest. Um, Denver, the Texas market, South Florida. But we've got some comeback stories, too. And, and probably the, the biggest one for the year is Atlanta is doing very, very well at this point. Um, and then I was talking about some new construction. There are, there are new construction better than some people had anticipated. Washington, D.C. would be an example. Also, Chicago and, and Charlotte are doing really well, even though they're adding a lot of new products. And how much new construction are you seeing right now? You know, we've been running for a while with the ongoing construction level at about 350 to 400,000 units, and it's holding at that level. Something I'll point out, though, is this wave of new supply is really going to crest in the last half of this year, and we've got about 170,000 units that are scheduled to complete in third and fourth quarters. So that's that's a big chunk coming in, um, and the ongoing construction level on on the positive side actually will be a little bit less as we get into 2015. Okay, and we're speaking with Greg Willett with MPF Research. And uh, Greg, where do you see some opportunities either in in buying uh, value add existing communities or maybe in new construction? You know, it's interesting on, on the on the opportunity side. We talk a lot in the industry about this urban core story. Um, and how millennials really like that urban environment. But there's, I think the real opportunity at this point is, is middle market products uh, in the suburban environment um, on, on the existing side. And, and I also like that construction story in the first ring suburbs with sort of urban light style product. I see. And um, how about in the, in the value add or in the B or, or C, are there still opportunities there? There are there are opportunities there. Uh, we've there, certainly people have been chasing those deals for a while, um, so we, it, it's not as plentiful as it had been. But we have that story has some legs to it. Okay, and we talked about briefly about the the factors impacting the multifamily market, but I'd like to ask you a little bit more detail there. I mean, when you look at the job market that we have now, where it's kind of been a weak market. I mean, some people may feel like they didn't, weren't at their dream job, and you know maybe they were renting. Uh, as the job market improves, should that help the apartment market, or or maybe cause a, a little bit of fluctuation there? Well, it, certainly um, as the economy gets better, we, that does position for home sales to get better, and so there's some trade-offs there, but um, as home sales accelerate, that means the job growth case is going to accelerate also, so, um, and we do seem to finally at this point be pulling some of those young adults who have been living home with mom and dad, they seem to be entering the market now. Yeah, that's good. And you mentioned uh, home purchases, so how will that affect the, the housing market? So if, if some of these tenants they start to see home values improving again and start seeing that appreciation. Might we lose some of those tenants, or is that uh, new jobs created from that new construction and that spending that people do when they buy new homes, all that new job growth, is that going to more than take over the uh, the numbers there of, of a loss in tenants because they bought homes? 
Yeah, I mean, if we start losing people in larger numbers to, to home purchase, to me, at, 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 in the worst case, it's a neutral story because you have accelerated that job growth pace at the same time. So we don't look at that as a particular danger to what will happen in this cycle. Okay. And you're at the technology conference there you guys are putting on for, what do you say, about a thousand of your of your clients in Chicago. And uh, I guess one of the things that, that, that is heavy use in technology in the apartment industry is revenue management software. How is that going? Is Are more communities and more uh, owners using revenue management? It, certainly it is one of those transformative technologies that has emerged in recent years. And, and yes, the use of that technology, that one specifically, uh, is expanding very rapidly. And it's, and particularly at the top of the market, it's just the way you do business now. And virtually everybody is getting on board with that. That's interesting. And, and we have a very sophisticated audience, but we also have a broad audience. So for, for those who may not be that familiar with revenue management uh, software, where is it getting the information and how are our apartment community uh, managers utilizing it? And, and the basic concept there, I mean, it's, it's the same technology that exists when you, you buy an airline ticket or a hotel room. It's looking at supply and demand and, and setting pricing through statistical modeling. Um, and so a, a lot of information comes through uh, there and, and getting those, those rents reset every day, looking at really if you have exposure to availability within your specific portfolio, that just addressing it every day pushes up the overall revenue numbers. Yeah, that's nice. So it's it's using information on the submarket, the competing properties, what uh, vacancies you have coming up, and really takes uh, some of the guesswork out of it. Well, Greg, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you calling in from Chicago. Absolutely. It was a pleasure to be here, Michael. Well, thank you. And if you like more from Greg Willett, uh, visit realpage.com. You can look at technology and all the services there at MPF Research. Well, I'm Michael Bull. This is a commercial real estate show. Come Stay with us. We're going to have more on the U.S. apartment market. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Well, today we're talking about the multifamily market. Please welcome my guest in Studio One here, Dan Hoffner. Dan is Executive Director of Real Estate Services with CF Lane. Dan, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, Michael. Also, please welcome Jeremiah Jarman, VP with the Apartment Group at Bull Realty. Jeremiah, thanks for being with us. Great to be back on. Well, guys, we just heard about some amazing growth in the apartment industry from uh, Greg Willett. And uh, Dan, what are you seeing with, with your communities? And I know you have communities in, what, 17 states? And you have, uh, what, 40,000 units? 40,000 units currently mm -hmm. under management mm -hmm. and 17 states uh, nationwide. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing anywhere on stabilized properties, uh, properties without kind of value-add components or any sort of big transitions, uh, we're seeing anywhere from 3 to 8% depending on the markets. Now, that's pretty good. 
it's great and uh, it, there's no sign that that's going to really slow down a whole lot in the near future all right so your tenant traffic uh, is still strong tenant traffic uh, if you compare it to probably a couple of years ago or even the last year is up maybe somewhere between 15 to 20 percent Wow, that's amazing, you know, because it seemed like the end of the first quarter that uh, Axiometrics and some of the folks were expecting to maybe the growth to slow down a little bit, and that just really hasn't happened, even in, in, in your individual communities. We, we keep reading that that's going to happen, but we're <laughs> not experiencing that yet. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. So what do you expect moving forward, and, and how long do you think these good times are going to last? I, boy, I could make a lot of money if I could predict that exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, we, we see probably, you know, a couple of years of good runway left mm-hmm. and one at least. And uh, that's kind of how we're planning our our uh, growth. And, and um, we, we think things are going to be strong for sure for another year and, and good growth for a couple of years. Well, you know, we do have the commercial real estate show Crystal Ball, so we could get that up for you <laughs> to look into. I'd like to use that, please. <laughs> okay. And Jeremiah, you're, you're, you're dealing with apartment owners all the time throughout the Southeast. What do they expect to see for future growth? Well, I think they're shooting for a minimum of a 3% rental growth rate, but uh, they're much more bullish than that. And part of that bullish attitude towards how high they think rental growth rate's going to go is actually driving down cap rates because they feel that they'd acquire their assets at a much lower cap rate than usual because they believe that because of that rental growth rate they're expecting, that's going to help them achieve their IRR. So they're being very aggressive right now. Right. Well, that's a good point. You know, if the risk, uh, uh, the lower risk, you've got uh, a larger chance of improving NOI, you you can be more aggressive with your underwriting and, and inquire those properties. So, uh, but you're banking on the future. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, what about challenges uh, in the in the market right now? What are some of the challenges for operators, Dan? I'd say the biggest challenge right now for us is keeping good talent or finding good talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the job market has been fantastic, especially in the multifamily industry. So a lot of the people are more mobile. Um, historically, over the past few years, there's been a lot of uh, publication about people aren't necessarily happy where they're at. I think they've held on and stayed where they were for a longer time just because of the uncertainty. And now that things are strong again, they're starting to go mobile. That's interesting. You know, I've got my start when I was a kid, when when I was going to school at night, uh, managing apartments and leasing apartments. So it's a great, I, I enjoyed uh, the job I mean, the great, great business to be in. I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm stuck. Jeremiah, what are some of the challenges you see for some of your clients? Uh, I would say from acquisition standpoint, one of the biggest challenges, is obviously figuring out what value add improvements you're going to make to your property in order to justify rental bumps. That really is more art than science, and it's just trial and error. And uh, you'll, you'll see everything from uh, uh, vinyl wood plank flooring tending to be one of the biggest returns on investments to um, taking a wash on trying to upgrade technology when that technology will probably be obsolete two to three years from now. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really the, the biggest challenge in trying to get that equity appreciation. And Dan, what are you seeing as far as CapEx improvements, what's working for you guys? Uh, well, Jeremiah mentioned it, vinyl plank flooring is mm-hmm. by far the number one return on investment. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking at, on average, maybe $1,600 going into a unit to mm-hmm. replace the carpet and put vinyl plank flooring in and we're getting 40 to $50 rent increases. So the return on investment is up 
over 30 to 40 percent depending yeah. on where you're at yeah well that's amazing i mean you know i've had clients that own apartments that also own shopping centers and things and they'll they'll tell me when they struggle with the, the retail properties it's like i got to get back to apartments it's it's fairly straightforward right you, you can do testing you can do do some improvements if you have enough tenant traffic and see how it works right yeah we te- we test typically two to three different models mm-hmm. but um, you know, after looking at all of that for quite some period of time, the lower end improvements seem mm-hmm. to be the ones that are, are the easiest ones for the residents to accept. And they don't want the hundred and $150 rent bumps. In some cases you can get those depending on the property and location. But for the most part, if you want the, the, the sweet spot is really on the, the lower end with the vinyl plank flooring or some minor kitchen upgrades and those kind of things. Okay. One of the things that kept me on my toes when I was a kid and and doing leasing was um, being shopped. Uh, You know, the owners uh, bringing by prospective tenants and I had to treat every prospective tenant like that might be my boss, uh, someone my boss sent over. Do you guys do that? We do, absolutely. And it's um, actually, we take it a step further and it's linked to our training. Mm -hmm. So when we shop a property, we shop it three different ways, either email, phone, or in person. Mm -hmm. And then based on the results, we may have some training that gets automatically generated associated with the scoring on that shopping result. That's fantastic. I think that's one of the beauties of the apartment industry is that with better management, better leasing, uh, you can improve a property faster than maybe someone else. And I think that leasing area is one of the biggest areas where I, where I see problems when we're looking at a community to sell and we look at it. And if it's a little bit difficult for somebody to rent an apartment, you've got a problem, don't you? Yeah, it's, um, I, I actually you probably didn't know this. I used to work for an accelerated leasing company, mm-hmm. ran an accelerated leasing company, and there's a few of them out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it blew my mind how many times we would call a site and not get a call back or not even get an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if, if you focus on your traffic, a higher closing ratio, making sure that people get responded to, that's an easy way to put some more money in the bank. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember my boss telling me, I was 18, he said that you answer that phone at 830, not 831, and you better sound like you're enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, another thing that we talked with uh, Greg about was uh, revenue management software and, and how that's kind of changing the, the apartment world environment uh, with revenues. Are you guys using it, and how's it going? We are using it. Um, we don't have it uh, portfolio-wide yet. Uh, it'll take a while to get there, but we've had great results with it, and uh, the biggest challenge with that is kind of training a new culture to your site level staffs and getting people used to that and making sure you don't defeat the system. One of the things we did early on was we we kept overruling the suggestion of the system on a daily basis and going up and down faster than and the system is built on trying to take the spikes out of that whole cycle of either not raising rents quick enough or rate or lowering them too quickly and uh, so we were defeating the system ourselves. And you're inputting uh, your uh, rent roll in there as far as when vacancies are coming up in your community? That That's automated. So yeah. it, it looks at your market. It looks at your vacancies. It looks at your historical traffic and takes all of those. And as Greg mentioned, statistically kind of tries to model out what's going to happen over the next month, two months, three months, and then tell you what to do with that. And it's also looking at competing properties in the marketplace? Yes, it is. That's fantastic. All right, well, stay with us. We're going to have more on the apartment market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. 
Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Do you have any commercial real estate questions about the apartment market or about any commercial real estate-related questions? Send them to us. You can send them to us through Twitter at hashtag AskMB, or you can send them to us through our website at commercialrealestateshow.com. Each business day, I answer a commercial real estate question on video. You can see those at the show website. Well, today we're talking about the apartment market. My guests are Jeremiah Jarman with Bull Realty and Dan Hoffner with CF Lane. And, and Dan, um, I'm curious about exit polls. And it, or when you exit poll some of your residents, what are they saying today? Why, why are they moving? Um, statistically, if we look at it, a lot of them are job reloads or some sort of roommate change or unfortunately uh, marriage or divorce one way or the other you know Mm -hmm. one's fortunate one's unfortunate but um, you know we lose a little bit to home purchases um, but primarily it's more some sort of change in their work status or in their compensation that that uh, causes us to lose a resident okay and you do other polls as well right yeah we, we survey residents kind of in four different points so we'll survey them upon move in we'll survey them for service orders we'll survey them uh, at some point in their tenancy, and then we survey uh, lost prospects also to find out why people did not rent from us. That's interesting and very helpful. And and so you also do third-party management, right? Correct. About 75% of our portfolio is third-party management. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, in markets where home values are going up, do you expect more residents to, to buy for that reason or, or improve home prices, meaning that better multifamily performance because maybe less of them, of them can afford it. I think Greg uh, said it that we're not as concerned about it as other people may be and it's net neutral at, at best. Um, the millennials for us, the millennials and the Gen X and Gen Y, they want mobility, they want flexibility and they want to be renters and they don't necessarily want to be homeowners. Will we lose some people to home ownership? Sure we will because mm-hmm. our whole uh, demographic is not that demographic but um, we don't see it as a as a large concern for an exodus of our portfolio and I think your exit polls would probably indicate that as well because as you said one of the factors that why people leave is because of relocating for a job and so that's actually on the other side a demand factor for apartments because Millennials want that flexibility as we described because of their uh, need to be able to relocate to new jobs and new markets across the country yeah, and it's nice, you know, uh, I think we were talking about before the show that even some baby boomers are coming back and saying, hey, it might be nice just to rent a nice apartment. And there's more nice apartments to rent from. I remember back in the day when I started in this industry, there was as many nice apartments in, in town Atlanta. And now there's a, a great supply, right? 
Yeah, there's uh, there's there's also a movement um, not only on the younger generations, mm-hmm. but in the older generation to move towards a uh, work live play environment, where you have access to the dining or the bars and the movie theaters and the shopping, and it's all within walking distance, and you don't have to drive everywhere. And so there's there's been a change in some of that. Yeah, and it's also nice, uh, especially if you have a busy job or profession or, or business that you operate. Uh, if something's wrong at the home, just to make the call. Say, hey, yeah. the, the fridge is broken. Well, <laughs> you know? as you well know, in a city like this, you know, your your shortest commute is probably an hour almost. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, and you want to have to be there. Well, let's talk about attracting residents. Uh, what are some ways that you're attracting more residents? You said your your traffic is up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our one of our top two sources, believe it or not, of attracting traffic is Craigslist. Really? Um, yeah, and there's uh, and and that's nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, that's statistically shown through some surveys. Um, we focus quite a bit more these days on SEO, search engine optimization, and search engine management. Um, the whole leasing area has become much more specialized. Uh, reputation management, huge. ApartmentRatings.com, which used to be what everybody would call is just a complaint site and everybody ignored it. You can't ignore it anymore. You, you go out there, you don't know how much traffic you're losing if your ranking is a 43%. And we put a lot of effort on focusing on those those ratings and making sure that those ratings are up in the top, you know, 75 or above. Okay, so you have a system in place to monitor those ratings and to monitor social media? Yeah, we have an automated system actually that downloads every day so we can see what our ratings are on every property we have. Okay, could be scary. <laughs> it is scary sometimes, quite frankly, and it only takes a couple bad surveys to change your rating. So you have to pay attention to it on a daily basis, and you have to manage that whole reputation management. That's not something we really used to have to do. If you have a, a complaint on social media or one of those services, uh, what do you do? There's, uh, there's a lot of controversy on whether or not you reply to it or not. Currently, mm-hmm. we are not replying to it, mm-hmm. um, but there are companies that actually do reply to it. Got your, got your complaint, acknowledge it, and we will look into it. I mean, if you, if you start responding to it, you better make sure you're doing something about it. Right. You know, it's like the, the pizza company. They, they admit that, hey, they're not going to be perfect. They're going to get better, right? And. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Well, great. We'll have more on the apartment market in just a moment. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Would you like social media content for your social media endeavors? Well, visit commercialrealestateshow.com. You can see videos there, blogs, and radio shows, and share them with your friends and associates. Well, today we're talking about the apartment industry, which has been a a great industry, looking at what's going to happen in the future here. We're also looking at some property management tips and uh, strategies for buying and selling apartments. My guests are Jeremiah Jarman with the apartment group at Bull Realty and Dan Hoffner with CF Lane. And, and uh, Dan, I'd like to ask you about 
qualifying tenants uh, these days. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, back in the days when tenants could uh, pass a breath test and buy a home, you know, the qualifying went out the window. I don't know, it probably didn't in your communities, but uh, it seemed like it did in some places just to get any breathing tenant in, a, in an apartment community. What, what's going on now with qualifying tenants? Uh, yeah, we, we used to use that same comment, if they can fog a mirror, then we get them in there. <laughs> yeah. um, but. Uh, you know, our qualifying standards range typically from anywhere uh, three to one income to rent ratio uh, or four to one, depending on the quality of the asset and the location of the asset. And we use a, a software that consistently applies our credit and criminal uh, background check process. We have to, there's a, a fair housing laws that are uh, extremely stringent and, and um, uh, we get monitored. There, there are people that actually shop your properties looking for somebody to create a violation. And uh, so we're very careful about how we administer our credit and criminal uh, qualifying criteria. Okay, so you can't make special exceptions then if they've got a credit nick that's below the score that you need or, or income ratio, then, then they just don't pass muster. We can make special exceptions, but it needs to be applied fairly and consistently. So when something gets kicked out, there's typically three levels. One is kind of green light or, okay, you can go ahead. They qualified for everything. Two is red light. No, they're, they've got criminal background. They don't qualify for one or more reasons. And then there's kind of a yellow light or the mid-range where it's, okay, they didn't qualify quite as well on the credit or they had a previous... Um, rental issue or something like that, they'll now qualify consistently with a, either a cosigner, twice the amount of deposit, or, you know, there's stipulations that get applied fairly and consistently if they get kicked out in that kind of middle bracket. And there's also um, a current issue going on with respect to um, screening tenants, and that's uh, discriminatory impact analysis. It's currently being litigated uh, and what at the National Multi Housing Council, they, they would like to see one of these cases actually go up before the Supreme Court. And that's because under the discriminatory, discriminatory impact analysis, um, there doesn't have to be an intent to discriminate. If an apartment community is leasing to a certain demographic of people that is not diverse enough, they, there's law out there that says that's discrimination wow. because it's just de facto because of the fact that there's, there, there's, there, there's not a, a healthy mix of, uh, of uh, uh, racial and sex differences at the apartment complex. And so there, you're seeing a lot of uh, apartment companies just settling these cases, but I, I know the National Multi Housing Council wants to see one of these cases actually go up before the Supreme Court and be struck down because it's, it is ve it's, it's not really fair. You bring up some good points. Is under, um, there's a push now to actually look at criminal records and to allow for criminals to to have some sort of um, leeway if it's been past a certain length of time, 15 to 20 years. Now, it hasn't passed yet. And then you've got things like hoarders are now a protected class also. Hoarders. Yes, they are. <laughs> Amazing. Well, another interesting thing to talk about for improving your fundamentals in your communities and your NOI growth is is, also, is is obviously leasing, but also retention and keeping those tenants from moving. Obviously, they move out. You've, you've got turnover costs and leasing costs and, and vacancy issues. What are some things that you're doing to retain tenants today? Um, 
service is the utmost importance. I mean, if somebody has a good experience, they want to stay and they want to come back. So that's the most important thing that we focus on. But we look at it, the statistics and kind of monitor why are the people leaving? Where are they going? Um, what could we have controlled better? And usually it's personnel related. Um, our, you know, if you look across our portfolio, we're probably at about a 50% average turnover rate. And to the extent we can get that down, every turn usually costs somewhere about $1,500 or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll look at our leasing incentives. We pay our leasing agents a higher amount on a renewal than we do on a new lease coming through the front door. Nice. Because it's more important to keep the person. Oh, that's smart. And also besides improving curbside appeal and attracting tenants, uh, one thing that I noticed from my buyers that are helping them keep tenants is because the tenant uh, attitude and psychology has changed a lot, site amenities are very important now. Uh, fitness centers are becoming very big. You know, your tenant does not have to spend any money on a gym membership. Uh, business centers that have a uh, cafe feel to them. It's not just the leasing office anymore where you go in to request something to be done or to go sign a lease. It's now they want to see it become an internet cafe with a Starbucks feel to it. So those are a couple of things that I noticed from my buyers that they're developing or building because they want to keep tenants at their property. Yeah, and Dan, technology is important, right? Absolutely important. You can't manage what you don't know. Right. <laughs> and, the, and the tenants are requiring um, the bandwidth, right? Absolutely. Um, it's become more and more important, to, especially if you look at the student properties these days. Uh, classes are online quite a bit. Uh, the gaming that the uh, younger generations want are, are more important. The video streaming, you know, everything's online now. So the bandwidth is extremely important. Yeah, and you've got to have that to, to attract them, but to also to retain those tenants, right? Yeah, no doubt about that. So you're seeing that someone in your exit polls that Internet's too slow here? <laughs> um, we have seen it before. Yeah. In, a, in a student property, we had a situation where they, we, we had to actually change out the whole pipe because it was creating a lot of problems for us. Yeah. And like the first thing you said about personnel, I mean, it's, it's like any business. People want to feel appreciated. And audience, we appreciate you here. It's a commercial real estate show. Thanks for being with us. We'll have more on the apartment market. This is a commercial real estate show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit commercialrealestateshow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're talking about the apartment industry with Dan Hefner and Jeremiah Jarman. And, and guys, let's talk about cap rates. Uh, what do you see for cap rates out there in some of the communities you're selling? Well, you know, it's going to vary by location. But uh, Class A, you're seeing from about 4% to 5 and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, class B, you're going to see 5.5 to 6.5, 6 and 3 quarters. And Class C generally is going to be 7% and up. But of course, it's always going to vary by location. I've seen some Class C assets in very, very good locations go below 7%. Right. And so it, it, it really is location-oriented. And of course, there's some Class A going for 2 and 3. Yeah, I'm cities, California right? in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. And uh, Dan, what do you see when you guys are out there acquiring properties for availability of product and, and, and also for financing? We're seeing the same thing on the cap rate that yeah. Jeremiah's seen. But um, 
uh, we're a very opportunistic buyer, mm-hmm. and so we're looking for a story typically, mm-hmm. and we're we're a little bit below the radar in our acquisitions. We may go into a secondary or tertiary market. Uh, so you, the REITs and those guys are all playing in kind of the major institutional markets, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of activity that sits outside of that in other markets. And we're seeing we're still seeing some good opportunities. We've seen a couple portfolio transactions over the last year. Uh, we're getting ready to hopefully close on a three-property portfolio here in the near future, and um, there's been a lot of activity. Well, I think that's smart to look in those markets. I mean, just like Greg had mentioned earlier in the show, uh, markets like Atlanta are, are doing well, you know, so that's not a, a gateway market, but it's improving. So what are you seeing for financing out there? On the um, GSE side, we're seeing rates currently at about 4.15 to four and a quarter, and on the CMBS side, maybe about four and a half. But the the interesting part is, what you didn't see maybe a couple of years ago is you're getting the interest only back again. And so on the GSC, you're seeing uh, two to three years maybe on interest only, and on the CMBS can go all the way up to five years of interest only. Interesting. They love apartments, don't they? <laughs> Makes it easier to do a deal for the first five years at least. But that's right. And with this type of of financing available and these uh, low cap rates, uh, are you a seller in this market? We're always a seller. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I I can give you an example. We did an acquisition two and a half years ago or whatever, sold one of the three properties, one of the four properties we acquired within 90 days. It was an off-market buyer who approached us Mm -hmm. and it was a very favorable return. Uh, and then you look at your portfolio on an ongoing basis. You have some things it's just time to sell and it's time to kind of recycle your capital or, you know, move to the next transaction. So we're always a seller. Well, that's smart. I think sometimes uh, and look at the past downturn we just went through. There's a lot of sellers that uh, had received great offers for their properties and didn't sell them. Uh, <laughs> wish they had. Yeah, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, I think. Uh, yeah, that's it. And Jeremiah, what are you seeing out there in, in the investment market? I mean, with these types of cap rates and demand, interest rates, are, are, are should more sellers be considering selling now? I mean, we are in a, a full recovery. I mean, we're, we're, we're in a cycle here where it might be time to sell. Well, certainly right now with the way the capital markets environment is, with how low interest rates are, it's a great time to sell because you know prices have risen considerably. A lot of properties that lost value have totally recovered their value. Um, properties that were bought after the crash have certainly appreciated a lot. And um, you know, interesting thing is that the Fed's talked about not raising interest rates until maybe 2016, but you know, Goldman Goldman Sachs thinks that they're going to probably raise maybe as early as the third quarter of 2015. And of course, when interest rates rise, that margin between the interest rate and cap rate begins to tighten. So you know, you're not going to be seeing that as much aggressive appreciation. So now I would say is an excellent time to sell and then reinvest 1031 that money into another investment. Right. You can still do that today. Right. Well, at, at today's cap rate, yeah. I mean, well, at today's interest rates, it t- completely makes sense. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today in Studio One. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Michael. Great, great insight for our listeners. Thank you. And be sure to join us next week. We're going to have the app show. We're going to have the app man here. Be careful how you say that one, right? <laughs> we'll have the app man here. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Florida International University. Earn your commercial real estate master's degree in as little as 10 months. Visit FIUonline.com. 
and Bull Realty Commercial Brokers, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. And France Media Publications and Conferences. For exposure to the world of commercial real estate, visit francemediainc.com.